Um, Dan, I'm really intrigued by the untitled rabbit hole game because um, I feel like the entire show is the untitled <laughs> rabbit hole game. Like, that's all we do. So I'm curious how you're going to make the game different from the oh, rest of the podcast. Well, that's been on there for like three weeks. And like, we, we don't have to play it unless we, you know, get there. I mean, now um, I, I do really want to play it. I've been well, we'll play it sometime. It. And it's also like a, uh, I don't know. It's also not well designed. That week when we're short. Welcome to another episode of Pod Jaiba, the Pajaiba Television Podcast. I am Pajaiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajaiba TV editor Tori Preston. Hi, Dan. Hi, Tori. And Pajaiba's purveyor of greased boners, Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. I don't understand why. The, could you please explain was, the name that you've chosen? To really, why? just trolling myself because those are my two least favorite words, and combining them is just gives me a full body cringe. And I wanted to share that with you. What's wrong with greased or boner? Like, why are those two? I know they're gross words. Are they? Just, yes. They're not that gross. They're I mean, gross. combined, it's a it's a little awkward, but you know. <laughs> But also, I feel like there are other words that are worse to represent those. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. They're just gross words. Greasy boners. So what what word, what boner substitute do you prefer? (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Let's go through them. Stiffy. um, No. No. Rod. (laughs) Rod. (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) With your penis or a game show host? I think penis is weirder than boner. Boner just goes off, <laughs> just falls off the tongue. Yeah. Boner is like a, it's it's pretty, uh, I don't it's know. Like character it's like, in Wonder Year, I mean, growing pains. There you go. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand why you, you, you've got just, a weird. I just don't like it. And mm. greased, like slick. I mean, yeah, you're you're really ending well. up into moist territory. Yeah, slimy, slimy is probably worse than grease. <laughs> yeah, a lubricate, lubricated, a lubricated, lubricated yeah. is not good. So you uh, you prefer lubricated penises to <laughs> greased boners? I do, I do. All right. <laughs> I well, think we should just stick to cocks. <laughs> Jesus. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it it's of a theme with your chicken updates. <laughs> That's true, but no chicken update today, apparently. No, no. Uh, so we got to get our cocks, our cocks yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> Sorry. So instead, let's find out, Tori, uh, now that it's February, are you <laughs> no longer in dry January? or is it I am no longer in dry January. Oh, okay. um, couldn't, I am, couldn't, couldn't tell. <laughs> I am having, uh, well, so we're supposed to have this big storm. It hasn't actually started here yet, but uh, I'm waiting on it. Desperately, um, so I decided to make a hot toddy to kind of get in the in the snowstorm mood. Also, All just right. in case the power goes out, I'll be warm on the inside. <laughs> I, I do Sounds a lot of planning good. around my power going out. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Dustin, what about you? You know, I'm just drinking an Allagash White tonight because I had one earlier today, and it was the first one I'd had in like two months, and it was like the best thing I'd ever tasted in my life. I'd forgotten. 
how much I love them. Yeah, so you haven't had you haven't had one uh, in a in a while. Well, I've been drinking Allagash River Trip, which are great, but then to go back to the Allagash wine, it was Ooh. totally worth like taking what's, the hiatus. What's the River Trip? Oh, it's I mean it's just another Allagash beer. It tastes a little different. It's it was you know just changing it up a little. <laughs> uh, and uh, and now that because you're taking the night off from wine, I assume that this means that you will have a full new box from your uh, sub- subscription service that you cannot get rid of. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. Yeah, it's February, new month, new box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. Just in time for a big game, uh, big game football, whose name we cannot speak. When is that? Uh, that is uh, this coming Sunday. It is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if I would have noticed if you hadn't mentioned it. Oh, really? <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't even have cable. You can't even I don't watch even, it. Yeah, mm. it's not even... Yeah, I've, I, it, it means nothing to me. It means <laughs> less than even it used to. I used to at least tune in to see if Bruno Mars was going to show up, but, you know. Well, I believe this, this year, year... Isn't it the weekend... Oh he's yeah, because he's dumping. Show? Yeah, I think so. And he's apparently he dumped. I did read this. He's dumping like a million or millions of his own dollars into the halftime show. It's going to be like wow. longer than ever or something. I don't know. Oh, all right. Sounds great. I like that guy. I didn't know he had a a big enough catalog for that. I think he's been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But like the Foo Fighters are right there, and they've been <laughs> done it. Foo Fighters are not, they, they don't strike me as the, uh, like, I wouldn't want to see them in the, in the I mean, halftime I, show. I didn't think Coldplay was halftime material mm-hmm. either. Like, Foo you Fighters need, you, tried to do it, but they, negotiations apparently fell apart. This was a few years back, but. Yeah. I think it's better. It's, it's not, it's tough for, like, rock bands, I think. Springsteen did a great job. Yeah, Springsteen was all right. Yeah, but you, that's still, like, a singular performer. Like mm-hmm. a rock, you know, because like Prince did a great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's different from Coldplay. You think Weekend <laughs> will go out with his uh, his fake plastic surgery? I think he has to. Yeah, He's committed. So. This is like the, uh, maybe this is like the um, end point of the whole shebang. I don't think so. You don't think so? This is, this no. is not the climax of... The performance art. I don't want to give the super. Doing? I don't want to give the Super Bowl that much credit. <laughs> I feel like he'd hold it out for like an MTV thing. It's all been building to this. It's all been building to the Pepsi halftime show <laughs> uh, for Big Game Forty Five. Oh, it, but are you saying like maybe his millions of extra dollars are like it, he's like going to rip off his face and there will be a yes. fake face under it? Oh, could be. Yeah, maybe it's gonna be cool. <laughs> what if the extra time that he's buying is because he needs time? Like there'll be a guest performer who we don't know who it is yet. Right. But they'll be doing a thing, and then like while they're doing that. He's his face is being like swapped, so he's like he's like backstage. But they need to spend all this money to like swap his face, and then he comes out and he's somebody else. That'd be pretty cool. What I'm suggesting is face off technology, but done during the Super Bowl halftime. Oh my god, what yeah. if it was actually it like Nick? And... If Nick Cage came out, <laughs> he rip off his face, and it's like Bruno Mars underneath. Honestly, Bruno Mars was the best part of the gold. Well, it was Bruno Mars against Beyonce. 
in the middle of the Coldplay halftime. <laughs> that was the best part. Like yes, Coldplay wait. knew they couldn't hold it down, so they went and got Beyonce and Bruno I honestly Mars. don't remember the Coldplay That's true. Because you just remem- you remember, remember that they, they did a dance-off, right? I, yes. That, yeah, vaguely. Was that, yeah. I did not know what it was year, the same one. What year was Left Shark? Was that Katy Perry? That was Katy Perry. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. Beyonce and Bruno Mars did a dance-off in the middle of Coldplay's halftime, and it was like, that was really interesting. And then, like, Chris Martin shows back up on stage with them for the finale, and it was like, ugh, get away from them. Leave them alone. <laughs> they were doing so well without you, sir. Very weird watching that just with my family, though. That is do you normally something. do, like, a big party? Yeah. Or I go to somebody's big party. Yeah. And then try to shush them during the commercials, but... Oh, were you that works. guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what was... Wait, so what was everybody... Since since we're, we're... It's a weird year and who knows, but, like, let's reminisce. Last year's big game trademark, the NFL, <laughs> what, what were you... Did you go to a party? I just want to bum uh, us all out by thinking about, like, what you were doing a year ago. Because it would have been right before quarantine, like a it month was right before. before. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember if last year I had a party or I went to somebody's party. But I think mm-hmm. I had one. I had a lot of people over. All right. And somebody brought uh, 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 Rotel and Velveeta, the best queso ever. <laughs> <laughs> Joy, were you ignoring the game? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I definitely did not watch it. I was probably playing video games. All right. Oh, my God. What about you, Dan? I was actually was at a wedding. My friends. What? uh, Yeah, my friends scheduled their wedding for. uh, Why? Because it was cheaper, I assume. Yeah. Um, Sundays are good for venues. Yeah, so Sunday plus it was Super Bowl Sunday. So, uh I mean, like, and, and I drove home to watch the game. So I got home at about halftime. I had avoided all spoilers, so I went and watched it and, like, caught up. Uh, and I caught up by, like, the end of the third quarter. So. so you weren't one of those dudes who had their, like, phones under the table during the reception, just, like, checking on the game? I did not, but uh, it, was a, it, was a, uh, it was a friend of mine from the comedy, my days in the comedy world. So everyone there was like comedy people. So nobody there except for me and like one other guy cared about the game. And I told him like, don't tell me anything because I'm going to, I've got a DVR. I'm going to drive home as soon as this is over. Um, yeah. But was last year the year that Philly did the thing? No. 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 When did, Ph- last, that's the only thing I remember. That's two years like, ago. Two years ago. Because last year, I think it was no, two no. years ago. No, no, two years ago was my party because I remember Philly winning at my house. <laughs> last year was uh, Kansas City. Kansas City um, against who? Doesn't matter. They lost. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I just can't. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, huh. Who did Kansas City beat? Um, I don't want to look it up. Whoever it was, I'm sure they got a very nice participation trophy. I don't think it was Green Bay had a bad year. It wasn't mm. them. The Saints? No. No. We're going to spend oh. too much time on this. Dolphins? Yep. No, wrong conference. Rams? <laughs> Rams? It wasn't the Rams. Could have been the Rams. Oh, wait, wait. Philly might have been three years ago. Wait, was Philly before New England uh, Rams or was it after? Wait, the Rams are different from the Patriots? Yes. 
<laughs> Why does New England teams. have two teams? No, 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 no. no. Uh, no, no. The Rams, Rams are Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Oh. Anyway, Kansas City won last year. San Francisco. They're in San Francisco. Oh. Uh, Jesus, we're terrible football fans. <laughs> I'm going to look <laughs> it up because I have to. Yeah, because otherwise, that. otherwise my brain will melt. Uh, but uh, wait, wait. Do you have any any final guesses before I officially get the answer? Um, the Colts. No, wrong. Uh, I don't even wrong. know what we're trying to find out. Seattle. Decide who it, they play. Was it Seattle? It was not Seattle. Oh, the uh, it was. It was the 49ers. Yes, I said 49ers? the 49ers. Yep. They were good last year. They're a, they are. Yeah, a they team. were thirteen and three last year. Remember when? Uh, uh, Remember yeah, when I got the sports question right? Because because that was because last year. This is how this is how long time is. In last season was the one that Jimmy Garoppolo was not hurt. At the end, like he, this year, he's been hurt all year. You're right. Well, he's always hurt, but except yeah. for that year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tori wins the game. Wow. Uh, the uh, big big game trivia contest game, uh, which which is definitely a TV thing, so it's fine. This yeah. is a TV podcast. Welcome to Podjiba, the TV TV podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about some TV in a little bit, uh, or right now. Uh, we're going to start. With, we're doing now fine. That we, now that we figured out what happened in the big football game a year ago. <laughs> Uh, Dustin, please let us know what is happening in everyone's favorite small town. It was an action-packed episode, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a couple extra words for myself here. Seven words for Dustin Dale recap. All right, Uh, Hermosa leaves Hiram to do Real Housewives. Uh, Cheryl Blossom's mother murders the entire Blossom family on Zoom, so Cheryl can take over the family business. Uh, Jughead and Betty's FBI agent half-brother confesses to being a serial killer, and Jelly Belly is revealed to be the auteur. Wait, someone Wait, got, people got murdered over Zoom? Uh, well, yes. Uh, Cheryl's mother uh, poisoned everybody, and during a board meeting with the family, they all died. And to be, this Zoom. is the family that has a... That makes maple syrup, right? Correct, correct, yes. So, so it, was a, <laughs> it was a mass murder so that a teenager can take over the maple syrup industry? Yes. It was a maple syrup mass murder. Did she poison their syrup? Were they all yeah. tasting the syrup? I don't think it was syrup. Because you I don't think screw with syrup. But you can put syrup in drinks. did it because Cheryl's girlfriend's Parents wouldn't let Cheryl's girlfriend see her anymore because of the blossoms. So they just killed all the blood. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought it was for the business, so it was for love. Mm-hmm. Well, a little, yeah. It was for both. A little of both. But you don't. Jughead and Betty's half brother. Wait, they're related? No. Jughead and, Betty, Jughead and Betty are in a relationship. But, but then they you said share it share a half brother. How do they share? Oh, one's mother and the other's father. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he's an FBI agent. Yes. Who also is a that seems like some really bad screening on the FBI's part. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sounds like uh, like uh, Prodigal Son. 
uh, excuse me, his Ish. father was the serial killer. He's right, but just he's a got the t- he's got he's got the tendencies. We well, all, no, no, we no. See. They say it in every episode. He is not capable of murder. They have beaten this dead horse. <laughs> Oh my god! You should really well, just watch Prodigal Son. <laughs> They're saying it Betty. so much. I feel like it's uh, kind of it's a, that's a red flag. <laughs> His sister. Well, that's the, the thing about this particular thing. They have the 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 serial killer gene in that family. So Betty's dad was a serial killer. Uh, her half brother was a serial killer. And Betty, when she's the dark Betty, like her serial killer gene comes out. I feel like these guys don't understand genealogy. No, I don't. I'm not. Um, I, you know, I'm just really starting to think that maybe Riverdale is not the most realistic television show. They're all in high school. Yeah. They had prom last week and they, they're graduating next week. So this is still not the time jump. Like there's a time jump coming up. There's one more episode and then the time jump. Guy, I really hope they didn't poison the maple syrup. I don't think so. I would, they wouldn't ruin I mean, it's just, it's worth too much. That's, it's liquid gold. <laughs> you don't ruin the maple syrup. <laughs> so would that be more offensive to you than any of the murder or serial killers or any of that stuff? I enjoy the murder and the serial killers. <laughs> I don't enjoy ruined, wasted maple syrup. I feel like I've so, made this very clear, Dan. So now it, it sounds like, your Tori, your biggest concern now is for the fate of the maple syrup empire. Because yeah. What, what if what if they run it into the ground because they don't have the blossoms? Because she's there? a teenager. Yeah. Right. Like what? What do we actually know that Cheryl is is capable of running this company? <laughs> I know. hear it's a very long running and, and important maple syrup. Um, I'm a what conglomerate. I don't know. <laughs> I. Yes, I don't know either. But also, Jelly Belly is the auteur, and Jelly Belly is Jughead's sister. And the auteur was like the person who's been <laughs> secretly videotaping the entire town the entire season. Last Gosh, season. And they, she's Gossip Girl? Uh, well, she was making snuff films, too. Like Oh, the one that they watched at prom. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So what, who's so she wasn't doing the murdering? She was just filming the murdering? Right. Has she filmed... So does she, like, film the FBI brother's kills? I think that's what... No, no I don't think that was... I don't know. Man. How many murders are there? There's a lot going on in this episode, and, you know, Hermosa going to the Real Housewives ended up being, like, you know, number five on the list of shocking things in this episode. Are they doing a Real Housewives of Riverdale or is she joining like one of the other? No, she's going to like New York to be in the Real Housewives of, you know. Of New York. Queens or something. Oh. I mean, that doesn't seem likely. And this show <laughs> is related to Katie Keene also. Yes, Katie Keene's boyfriend was on last week's episode. And really? Josie and the Pussycats also is this universe. Yes, Josie and, uh, left to, to join Katie Keene, I believe. Right. And right. technically, um, Sabrina. Right. Because they've, yes, they've gone to the Blossom maple trees in, at one point. Is Katie Keene still going on, or did that get canceled? I think I got canceled after, after oh. the first season. But, Bummer. But then what's going to uh, happen to Josie? Well, there's time jump. I bet everybody comes back, and maybe uh. she'll come back too. Huh. And Skeet Ulrich is leaving the show. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Are they, is he going to leave on, like, 
Are they going to kill him off? Because it seems like they have a lot of murder. Uh, I, quite possibly. I don't know. There's one episode to find. Uh, we'll find that out next week during graduation. Hmm. I think there's just one before the time jump. How is there all of this murder in this town? <laughs> and then, like, other characters go off into the world and they're fine. Like, they, they don't seem affected by all the murder. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, to find out answers to that <laughs> and more, come back next week for Dustin's Riverdale recap, <laughs> which is seven words or less That's and right. also took us like seven minutes to get through. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because we have a we have a lot of look. TV is starting up again, so people there's stuff to watch. Things shows returning. Uh, here's two of them: um, Snowpiercer. Uh, on TNT, came back. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> They've now with one more train. With now there are two trains. Um, <laughs> I, I, I so I actually had two two shows I put in in our rundown just to just to mention them: uh, Snowpiercer and Resident Alien. Uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, this is the start of season two. Came back on TNT. Resident Alien, which is on Sci-Fi, uh, based on a graphic novel starring Alan Tudyk, uh, and they are both. It's I I mean you guys haven't watched either of them either of them so I feel like may, maybe it's like maybe you guys should ask questions about it I don't know because they're both like uh, they're TV shows they're fine they're like uh, Resident Alien is kind of feels like a show that I would kind of put on in the background when I'm doing something else um, isn't TNT owned by the same company that owns HBO. Uh, yes, because TNT and, is a Warner property, as is HBO. Yes. And yet these things are not also on HBO Max. It will be someday, but not yet. Probably because of some kind of linear cable rights that have been negotiated, you know, years ago. Yeah, we're... Yeah, I forget the development history of Snowpiercer, but I feel like it's it, been, it, didn't developed. St- it didn't start for TNT, did it? Uh, I think... I think it did, but it? they had they they had the thing where um, it was developed by uh, Josh Friedman, who oh, did like yeah. Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. and then he left. They, and they, they actually filmed the, the whole guy pilot. from Orphan Black. Yeah, and they brought in uh, I think his name's Graham Mason. Yep, um, mm. or Manson. I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, so so they had actually shot a pilot with uh, uh, Josh Friedman writing, Scott Derrickson directing, uh, and then it uh, and then they for whatever reason, decided to redevelop it, brought in Graham Mason, Benson, um, brought in a new director, uh, and then, so this is that iteration, and I guess it's a different show. I think the original was supposedly darker, um, but it's based on the movie, uh, set, I don't know if it's, if you would consider it the same, I don't think it's considered the same world as the movie, but it's, it's earlier in the journey, yeah, because uh, the movie is like decades in, and this is I think like seven years in or ten years in. So like people still remember the outside world. Um, it's like right now the pandemic. You remember what it was like? In the yeah, movies? it's yeah. it's in that point. Too soon, too soon, Dustin. And uh, and they they've just uh, suspended. They fought for democracy in season one and won democracy, and then a second bigger train showed up, and. Uh, and uh, sort of latched on, and that's uh, that train is run by Sean Bean. So 
so now there now there's a new bad guy. So now no more democracy <laughs> until we beat the the new the second train. And just just to, a reminder, this was always like. The first few episodes of the of Snowpiercer in the first season, it seemed like they were doing an Agatha Christie thing. Right, it which was like they a, did. Which they did, and they, they yeah. solved it. But it was like a murder mystery, then it was a revolution, and yeah. now it's two trains and Sean Two Bean. trains at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah Are they, because, like, so, following each other? Is the other train, like, they're on no. the same track? So at the very end of the first season, uh, for those of you who didn't watch, or maybe if you forgot, like uh, me, uh, the there they had finished. The revolution is over. The good guys uh, have won, and they're gonna they're gonna try democracy. And so they're getting ready to start democracy. And then they're like, "Oh my God, there's another train, and it's like on this other track, but it's gonna like end up on our track." And it ends up on their track, and then it like it like latches like the the I think the front opened up like its jaw like jaws of a of a you know shark, and like kind of latched on, <laughs> and and then and then it's like oh my god it's Mr. Wilford who like they thought was running the train turned out it was Jennifer Connelly the whole time, and his his like other train has like an engine that's so powerful that it can it can drag both trains to a halt. So it does that and now they're stopped and they're like, oh my God, we're all gonna freeze because you know we're stuck. And then uh, the door opens and it's like a teenage girl and she's like, hey, uh, you guys so that's now where the uh, where we start off in season two. So basically teenage- two greased boners dock yes. on yes. train tracks. <laughs> yes. One one greased boner kind of latches onto the other and drags it to a halt. Right. And uh, and then they say like, "Hey, give us give us some supplies." Like they wanted food and liquor and things like that. And uh, and they're like, "Oh my god, are we gonna do this?" And they're like, "Well, you have you know 15 minutes until you all freeze to death, so it's up to you." And so they decide, "Okay, we're gonna do it." And they they go and they get all the supplies. And Jennifer Connelly's off on her own story because she's outside. But then she ends up the, the trains start moving again, and then she has to jump on the only place she can jump on is on the other train so now she's on the other train with sean bean and like his evil people uh and uh and so they say on snowpiercer which is now like full of heroes uh even though they've been fighting with each other all last year now they're like uh democracy is suspended martial law we're gonna go fight the other train and then we go try to fight the other train but oh no they have like a bane guy like ice bane who can survive in the cold and is uh, very big and like throws people against the wall and stuff. So, uh, yeah. So the so their first attack fails and Sean Bean is real mad because Jennifer Connelly stole his train and he didn't like that. And uh, the the teen girl turns out that's Jennifer Connelly's daughter. And you know, wow. so the daughter's feeling real abandoned because Jennifer Connelly left when she stole Sean Bean's train, and she was like, "I sent people for you," and then she's like, oh, "My grandparents didn't want to go with the people you sent." This all happened off screen, so we have no emotional attachment to it. But anyway, uh, so would that's you where say we this are. Is a recommend or or not? Yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure. I would like to not watch more Snowpiercer, but I would yeah, like same. Dan to recap it. I this is a show. Uh, like Resident Alien, which I will get to in a moment, where, uh, again, I feel like it is a show that I will put on, like, when I'm doing other... Like, I'm opening mail or, like, you know, answering emails, and it is on in the background, and I'm kind of, kind of, you know, mostly, like, I'm listening. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, okay. And then I go opening back Opening mail? Yeah. Is that, like, a thing that takes a while? Oh, I don't know. It just piles up, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's Sunday, and you're like, what is this thing that says past due? I guess I should check it out, you know? 
Yeah. Um, you don't just like take the mail out of the mailbox and open it immediately and throw most of it away. No, you have to let it sit in yeah. the decontamination box for three weeks, Dustin. Everybody knows this. I see. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, it's that kind of show. Much like Resident Alien, which is uh, on sci-fi, uh, here's the short version. Uh, Alan Tudyk plays a uh, an alien who... So the alien came to Earth and then like crash-landed, and it's like, oh no, I'm stuck in this small town in Colorado, which is filmed in Vancouver, but that's okay. Uh, and he happened upon, so the alien is an alien, happened upon Alan Tudyk's cabin. Uh, Alan Tudyk was a doctor, murdered Alan Tudyk, and then like took his form. Mm. So oh, now Alan so Tudyk. It's, it's Men in Black, um, the the bug guy. Yes. Kind of like they that. murder him with like a huge spike through his chest? Vincent D'Onofrio. No. Uh, what did he do? I don't remember exactly what he did. But anyway, he killed him, took his form, and now he's in this town. And he's, like, off in his cabin in the woods. No one ever will bother him, so it should be fine, right? Except, oh, no, turns out the town doctor was murdered, and they need someone to solve the murder. And so they go to... They need someone to do an autopsy, so they go to the only other doctor they know, which is Alan Tudyk. But now Alan Tudyk is the alien. So he has to go into the small town, and he's super weird because he, you know, barely knows how to act around people. Uh, the only thing, so how did he Doc learn? Hollywood with an alien. Yes, and also <laughs> maybe a little bit of, uh, 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 what is that show? Um, Northern Exposure. Uh, oh, love it, yeah. But, but right. it's it, not tonally, just like in terms of like fish out of water in small sure. town, weirdness, blah, 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 whatever. Kind of speaking um, my language here. And, uh, well, hang on, let me let me get through the rest <laughs> of it. So he ends up in this town... <laughs> Uh, and he's weird because he's an alien who like barely knows how to deal with humans. Uh, and there's a, there's one kid in town who knows that he's an alien because there is a human gene that is like one in a million that you can see, uh, through their disguises. So there's one little kid who freaks out every time he sees him because he sees an alien, like, you know, everyone else mm-hmm. sees Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. He is, uh... By the end of it, he is solve. He's kind of like now become ingratiated in the town, and now they're all like, "Hey, you're the town doctor now, so now you're going to have to do our doctoring." And um, and okay, the, wait, okay. uh, is this like a quirky comedy or like a dark sci-fi? It doesn't. In- it it's 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 both, and it doesn't quite know which one it is yet. So I'm curious to see where it turns out because uh, so he has a he has a sidekick partner friend who uh, he helped save from her abusive ex-husband. So she will inevitably find out that he's an alien, I'm sure, because he, like, threw her ex-husband through a wall or grabbed him through a wall and, like, pulled him outside of a house. So she was like, how do you know how to do that? And he's like, it's like, clearly, wherever you learn that, it's not from around here. Ha-ha, wink, wink. You put that kid in the show, you're going to find out that there's, like, five or six other aliens, too, at some point. Yeah, Maybe. why why did the why did he come to Earth? Oh, so that's one of the other pieces is that you there are snippets where they cut back to the night when he his uh, ship crashed and it crashed because he was hit by lightning. Like this is bad luck, right? There's but space it, lightning. No, no, this was on Earth. Like he was he was at he was coming to Earth for a specific mission. Oh. Uh, but then he crashed. He was never supposed to land. He just got struck by light. His ship got struck by lightning and he crashed. Uh, but what you'd find out by the end of the pilot is that his mission was to drop an extinction-level event, like like he was going to nuke the Earth, basically. 
but he but he got struck by lightning before he could do it, crashed, and now he's trying to find... He also lost his bomb, like, in the process of that. So the bomb is somewhere in these Colorado mountains filmed in Vancouver, uh, and he still is, like, like, in his voiceover, because there's voiceover, because he is weird and doesn't have a sidekick to talk to all the time yet. <laughs> so when we get his inner, inner monologue where he's just talking about, like, his alien stuff... He's like one of his one of his things. He he's like I can't wait to like finish my mission and kill every kill all humanity. Uh, and he doesn't give an evil laugh, but he might as well have given an evil laugh. Uh, but like yeah, he's so gonna he, like discover the humanity and yeah, small he's gonna have people. a change of right, heart. But right. then so, another, they'll send another ship with a bomb to yep. complete the mission, and then he'll yep. want to stop it. Yep. Yeah, we've already seen this show now. Yeah. But it's Alan Tudyk acting weird, so that's really Which is great. whether or not whether or not that's the draw. Uh, so yeah, that's the question. Is like if you want to see Alan Tudyk acting odd and uh, making uh, making you know jokes like uh, like the first time he drinks alcohol, like he goes out drinking at the bar with his uh, his uh, clearly what will become his uh, partner in the show and. Uh, uh, Alice Wetterland is the bartender and she's like attracted to Alan Tudyk she doesn't know he's an alien um, but like they get him drunk and then you know he's having fun and all excited and then the next morning when he's out looking for his mom he's like oh alcohol like my like my, I have a headache and my, I'm severely dehydrated and blah 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 like humans must not be affected like this otherwise they would never drink it like that and it's like haha we get it because that's funny because we are self-destructive creatures um <laughs> Sounds like a really good '90s show. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it it's again. It's like I could put it on in the background and uh, oh, and also they haven't solved the doctor's murder yet. So that's that's the you other put like that on arc while thing. you're opening your mail too because it takes that long to open your mail. Well, it's look. You gotta you gotta put on the gloves and then you gotta you gotta spray <laughs> the you know the 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 antibacterial spray and then you gotta you gotta put on your your gas mask and then you go through decontamination you get you know the delousing and all that and then 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 you can start to open mail you know i mean putting aside the packages you get from you know is there have you ever gotten mail and like that's worth opening well yeah i assume that all your bills are like on auto pay no people Mm. mail you things yeah people mail stuff yeah letter letters well, not letters. Um, <laughs> the, uh, oh, I'm Dan. I have post, friends who write letters. Yeah, post <laughs> postcards and huh. uh, yeah, paychecks. Paychecks come in the mail. Oh, yeah. that's true. There's direct deposit. Uh, I don't trust that fancy stuff. No. Give me the old United States Postal Service, <laughs> where things are always on time. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, those that was supposed to be a like a three minute segment. <laughs> that was so. Those so are, Piercer and Resident Alien. There, you two shows, it. two shows that are on television right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a whole lot of mail, they're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> laundry folding. You can fold laundry to it. You know. You probably break you could, down your cardboard boxes, get your yeah. recycling together. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of, lot of, lot of tasks. The chores A lot of home end. tasks that we have to do because we're never leaving. So, what else? What else is there? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, I don't know when. I didn't mark down when we started that. So, oh, it's like 37-ish. That's fine. Ish. That was bad. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I try to mark down the 
time codes so it's easier for me to edit later because I do a lot of editing, as you all know. So much. Um, I kind of want to punt on SNL at this point, but we, <laughs> we can do it. I was curious, why did you why did you want to talk about SNL? I have not I'm watched. I'm curious as well. Yeah. I didn't uh, think it was a particularly interesting episode. I do not remember now. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's that's the mystery of the of uh, Krasinski as Tom Brady was kind of the highlight. I mean, no, no, the 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 cold open was good. The cold open was all right. Um, was it like a weekend update thing? No, no Kate, it was. Oh, yeah. No, good, good. Oh no, the the cold open. Kate McKinnon, like uh, now that we're like under the Biden, she's like, what still works? And then like she went through some things, and she's like, uh, basically nothing. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, in politics, so government doesn't work, and then um, the stock market doesn't work because of that. Uh, OJ gets the vaccine. Nope, nope, the vaccine rollout doesn't work. And uh, she ultimately c- concludes that the only thing that still works is Tom Brady, fucking mm-hmm. 43 and in the Super Bowl. And then Krasinski comes out as Tom Brady, which was pretty funny. Yeah, that's fine. I, I remember. I remember. I, I just had one question for you, Dustin, specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who uh, don't frequent Pajiba, which why wouldn't you if you're listening to this podcast? But uh, in Dustin's review of this week's episode, uh, he gave the sketch entitled "Blue Georgia" eight out of ten. In which I love that sketch. Pete da- oh, you, yeah, hang on. You'll have your moment to speak. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This sketch involves Pete Davidson as a New Yorker going to a Georgia diner full of, you know, Southern people. And you think, oh, they're going to be Southern and, like, you know what that means. But then it turns out that they're, you know, they're like blue staters now because Georgia voted blue. So they're into avocado toast and, like, uh, and, and uh, they... Black Lives Matter and blah 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 and all this stuff and they boo uh, a uh, like a Trump voter out basically who's from Florida. <laughs> um, and I, I just wanted to know. So Dustin, you gave this an eight out of ten, uh-huh. the highest score you gave to anything all night <laughs> other than I believe the cold open. Uh, and no, I gave uh, it better I, than the cold open. Yeah. Oh, did you? I think that. Well, anyway, what? So what? 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 Please, please explain your show. Your work is what I'm asking. I just it's it was a funny premise, that, and mm-hmm. I love the accents. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they still were like racist caricatures. Only they were like super progressive racist right. caricatures. Right. I thought and it was so, funny. And, and then and, it reminded me a lot of uh, the the main alligator sketch. Okay, first of all, uh, it's called Main Justice. Yep, yep, and that mm-hmm. is nothing at all like Main Justice. No, no, like, we <laughs> when he said you're in Stacey Abrams' country now, son. Yes, in terms of the the word spoken, there is a <laughs> superficial similarity, but Main Justice that had a similar tone and a similar uh, sense of absurdity. But is that just the uh, accent? Well, it was also like, you know, sort of a fish out of our... Because these Georgians are not actually progressive people. Right, but main justice was about, like, the negation... The the uh, the characters, uh, uh, you know, stating... Like, going against all, uh, <laughs> against all logic and reason and claiming, no, of course we're from Maine. This is how things are in Maine. <laughs> like, the absurd... The joke in that... 
was that, of course, they're not from Maine. But this one, the joke is that, oh, look, Georgia people are Democrats now. It was sort of an inversion of Maine justice. Mm, Yeah. An 80s accent, and Krasinski, I thought it was really good in there as, like, you know... uh, The accents were fine. Uh, Yeah, that's fine. But, like, it it didn't... For me, it didn't heighten in a way... Like, I was just like, okay, I get the joke. Like, you get the joke at the beginning. It's like, oh. But it's uh, like Boss Hogg being a supporter of Black Lives Matter. Right, but that's the that's the joke is like they're 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 <laughs> each each step which is accurately done in the in the sketch is that you're going from like oh what what do you assume they're for they're for the opposite, you know? Like yes. it, like each one is is equally it's at the same level of absurdity. It's it a one trick goes, pony. It's a one trick pony. Well, I thought it was a good trick, and also that the the absurdity of it is like Georgia's not really changed that much because like 10, 12,000 people voted for uh, a, a rational person over a crazy person because, you know, it's the same state where right. Marjorie Taylor Greene is from. Right. And then, so I thought that was sort of a, a fun. But that's the thing is like, if they, had, if they had made that point at the end, then at least I see where the sketch is going. Like, it's like, oh, look at how everything has changed. Like, oh, no, no, it's not. It's actually... Very much the same, just you know, slightly different. Um, anyway, okay, that's fine. I just, I was just curious to to hear you elaborate about that um, because enough. I, I remember seeing your score and being like, oh, all right. <laughs> you just want more that's, clarity on on Dustin's highly subjective rating system. I, I just wanted to understand, uh, and I mean, to be fair, I very rarely uh, agree with Dustin's ratings. So <laughs> we rarely agree with Dustin on anything. Sure, <laughs> that's true. Sure. Um, uh, but my friend who I shout out to in every episode uh, Matt. emailed me and yeah Matt and criticized me for not giving the twin sketch uh, a higher score. Oh yeah, like, the twin sketch absolutely that. should be higher. Yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, so bad sketch. and so stupid and yet very funny. Yeah, twin. No, the twin sketch is is like the um, it's like the sports show with uh, with uh, Bill Hader when he's clearly not an alien. Um, <laughs> If you remember that one. Um, also, nope. uh, Machine Gun Kelly, who... Uh, well, I didn't know that he... I was like, why is he a punk, pop, a pop punk singer now? Because he's a rapper, or he started his career as a rapper. And then I looked it up, and it turns out that he decided on this current album he was going to do a pop punk album. And Travis Barker produced it, so that's why it's a... That's oh. why it sounds... Like, like a lot of... There are a lot of Twitter people saying, like, oh, this sounds kind of like Blink... 182. Um, oh, I thought he was always like Blink 182. No, he's he mostly has been a, a rapper, and also he was uh, very good on Dustin's favorite show, uh, Roadies. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that thing is like is like he's a he's kind of a good actor. So I was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, that's and he, yeah, I know him from two Pete Davidson movies, I believe. Oh, what's the other? What wait? What Pete Davidson movies was he in? Well, he was the king in Staten Island, wasn't he? Was he I haven't seen it, so I don't know. And then there was one on Hulu uh, uh, where he and Pete Davidson... Oh, like the adult, adult one or something? I don't Adulting. remember what it was called. Something like that. Yeah. That I haven't seen that either. Too. And then he was in the Motley Crue um, uh, movie with Pete Davidson. Oh. So they're just buddies. Yeah. Is that yeah. what's happening? I think so. They're like right. best friends or something. 
Which Fair is enough. strange when you consider that they're best friends and Pete Davidson is also really good friends with Mulaney. Why is that weird? Because that means that Mulaney and Machine Gun Kelly are like friends by association. Maybe. Yeah, I guess so. It's just a weird thing to think, consider, Dan. Like if Pete Davidson has a birthday dinner and like right. they all go together. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they like kind of argue about splitting the bill or something and like, right, right. you know, yeah, just normal, normal f- friends of friends scenarios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Do you think in that, in that scenario, who do you think is the one that's kind of like coming up a little short? Like, do you think it's, it's Machine Gun Kelly or is it John Mulaney? Like, who's like, oh, I just got the salad, guys. So I don't <laughs> How long they put in a 20? I, I feel like Mulaney would be a stickler for it. He might order more, <laughs> but I also think he, he would be the one that would be like, you know, I don't mind contributing more, but like, let's just get this. I, you know, just, I just need to make this very clear. Like, this is what I ordered. This is what you ordered. Right. I noticed. Right. Like, he would just want the, he would, he would be a stickler for accuracy. He'd be like, this is what I owe with a 20% tip. Yeah. Like, don't I can worry. throw in more if you want, but I need it recognized <laughs> that I did not order right. <laughs> the spare ribs. Okay. That's fair. <clears throat> this, it just reminded me. Of that, when Mulaney was on Seth Meyers uh, a couple of months ago, and they were chatting about Colin Jost's wedding, and uh, John Mulaney was sort of like upset because he didn't get invited, but Seth Meyers was, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's kind of weird." I mean, there because like Mulaney, I don't, you know, I don't know. It just seems weird that that would happen. I mean, some they're work friends, and like maybe I know, Joe, like, like Seth Meyers is a better work friend than I Mulaney guess so. was. There was a photo that Nick Kroll posted on Twitter from like their college days or something, but it was like Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, and Chelsea Peretti. Mm-hmm. Um, it was during like the 2000 floor blackout in New York City, uh-huh. um, and it was really cute. And I was like, "Oh, they're babies." <laughs> That's like the. Um... Like uh, Chelsea Pretty and uh, Andy Samberg, who've known each other since they were like little kids. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like they, they, I one of them posted. It was probably Chelsea Pretty. I don't know, but one of them posted a photo from like when they were going to like summer camp in like fifth grade or something. <laughs> and they, they look just like little mini versions of, of who they are. I like the idea that like they wrote that into the characters on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's because that was their actual relationship. Because when yeah when it started, that was not the relationship between those two characters. Like, she was just the assistant. Right, right. Um, they, they didn't establish it in the pilot. In the pilot. Like, it yeah. took a while for it to become like, oh, no, actually, they've known each other for a really long time. Right. But it also gave, I mean, just for that show, it gave them a nice dynamic where, like, she could kind of call them out on stuff that no one yeah. else could. Right. Because she knew them from, you know, from when they were kids. I really do you miss her like- character on that show. Like mm-hmm. as another as an element of the group dynamic, because she could have right. very different relationships with with all the different characters. Right. Uh, do you feel like that Che and Joster are, are, are should 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 be done now? I feel like now they are. Now I associate them with the Trump era, and I feel like them going into the Biden era feels wrong. Like their material is not well suited to it, and I'd grown attached to them. I started to like them. Mm-hmm. despite a lot of the jokes that I hated. But mm-hmm. now it just feels 
different and wrong and the tone is not right. Well, it's also, to be fair, uh, it's also one episode in. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's, it, it will take probably a while for them to figure that out. Um, but, but they've been it, here forever. It's been like five years. It's time. Well, sure. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess, put it this way, I don't know who in the cast currently... Like who? Who would you put in in the in the update chair? From I mean, you know, obviously you could bring in someone and that's fine. But is, is there anyone in the cast that you're like, oh, I'd like to see them do it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's it's a tricky. Like I remember when, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Um. Cecily? Yeah, when Cecily Strong was given update and they took it away, I was really, like, mad because I was like, oh, this is, like... Like, because it sucks because that's such a big opportunity for anybody. But, like, you see her character work and it's like, oh, she's she's better... Like, the character roles are better for her, mm-hmm. even though it's a bummer that, like, this opportunity was, you know, was taken away. Yeah. So what you're saying is Kyle Mooney... No, Kyle Mooney. Uh, I mean, do you solo need, it? Do you need him for character work? Like I, I you think need him of, for you need him for uh, digital shorts. Yeah, of like character of like cast members that have been there longer than three years. I he may be the worst <laughs> ever. <laughs> Look, they're there for. Although you know what's funny is that their digital stuff is kind of. I mean, because so much the digital stuff has actually expanded, like you like when they were first hired, if you remember, like they were hired because of their sketch group. So mm-hmm. they, they were hired to kind of replace Lonely Island, who had just left. Um, but that didn't but work now out. what? <laughs> Wait, what did, did you say? Work out. I just said that didn't work out. <clears throat> oh, OK. Well, but but if you remember, like early on, like all the digital shorts were. Uh, were like their sketch group essentially, but then, but then, uh, but then they kind of expanded, and the the shorts have become so much more of a thing with the la- over the last few years. Um, like you know, instead of it being one filmed piece per episode, it's like three. Um, so yeah, so, yeah, so it, it, I, I'll all that does it just say that they're it doesn't feel like you know they're the only ones doing shorts because they aren't clearly. Um, I would be interested in seeing Chris Red. I was just desk. about to say that. I think he'd be too. I think he'd and be I didn't funny. See him on this week's show. In fact, I don't yeah. remember well, seeing him in a while. Well, one other thing about this week's show is this was the first week where they had the whole cast back. So, Aidy Bryan was finally back. Cecily Strong right. was finally back. Uh, Keenan Thompson was finally back because they they've all been off shooting their own shows. Um, so. Like it, it felt like, it kind of felt like packed, with all like all the people that had come back were obviously in sketches. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. But like now, there's a lot of people in the cast. Yeah, and it didn't kind of. Well, I'm, I think a lot of those people are going to be on their way out after this season. Right. Right. Um, Let them have their fun. Chris Red is also in uh, Keenan Thompson's sitcom. So. Oh, he is. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, all right. Well, we found a lot talk. of stuff to talk about for SNL. There we go. All right. Uh, 
even though I did not think we were going to. And I didn't write down the time for that either, so <laughs> this will be fun. To... You guys are all stuck listening to us talk about SNL now. Well, I mean, I'm not cutting anything out. I'm just saying, like, in terms of for me to market. Oh, I know. see, I see. Um, all right. Sorry, Tori. Why? Because <laughs> we're only now getting two shows that you have watched. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, we wanted to start with, this is, uh, it's technically not TV. It's kind of more of a filmed one-man show, but whatever, streaming, it's all content, so... Uh, uh, I wanted to to talk about uh, Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself, uh, which all three of us have seen. So, yes, it's yay. on Hulu. Yeah, yes, it's on Hulu. Yes, thank you, Tori. Um, it is a uh, it's a it's ninety minutes. It is a, it's a I don't what'd you call? It? I guess it's a filmed theatrical performance experience, art performance yeah. art one man show. There's magic and like sleight of hand stuff going on. Uh, and uh, storytelling and... Um, it's a therapy session with, with card tricks. And a therapy yes. session, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good way to describe it. And I'm very curious to see how this discussion turns out because the, the prevailing was... So, so just from my personal perspective, I'd heard about this show... <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, when it was, when it was uh, being performed in New York and L.A. And, uh, and the, the general consensus was... You got to go see it, but don't, you don't want to know anything going in. Just go watch it. And like, and then like, you'll, you know, let the experience wash over you. Uh, so I don't know if that's how this discussion discussion will go, but, um, you know, who knows when live things will come back and I don't even know if he's ever going to do it again. So you might as well just listen to us talk about it. Um, <laughs> but, or watch uh, it or watch it. Well, that also, I, I just mean like it's maybe watch it before you listen to us. We'll try not to spoil it. We'll try not to spoil it, but who knows what I don't know you can. I mean, you can spoil some of the tricks, but I don't know that you can spoil, like, the show. Well, I'd like to start with Dustin. Just, like, I I want you to kind of set the baseline because you reviewed it for Pajava.com, a pretty good website. Uh, And uh, (laughs) Never heard of it. Yeah, and... uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just want to know like what your what you, I want you to, to just like give us initially your take, and then we'll we'll go from there. No, I thought it was like in the moment. It's it's like really interesting and compelling, and the guy's very intense. So he like um, it's very engaging, and the magic is pretty fun. And then the the tricks at the end are like whoa whoa whoa. But then it ends, and you're like oh yeah, yeah that's kind of silly. That was kind of I don't know the the, the the whole storytelling aspect of it was kind of crap. Okay. After, in retrospect. In the and, moment, and, though, and you could sort of feel, watching it, Frank Oz directs it, and you get, uh, you have that feeling of being on stage a little bit. So right. it's effective in that way. Right. So so what do you mean by it, like, like it, it sounds like for you, it kind of, like, at least the, the emotion of it kind of falls apart afterwards. Right. I mean, all the stuff about identity and him being the Rulatista and uh, I don't, it was kind of just bullshit. <laughs> I don't agree entirely. I do think, I, I don't think that the philosophy of it 
and the psychology of it is, is total bullshit. I do think that the impact of it is lost it, when it is not when you're not physically in the room. Mm-hmm. I think that Frank Oz did a very good job, probably the best job he could have in recreating in in trying to represent the experience of this live show. Right. And there are certain details that he puts in that you wouldn't have gotten if you attended a performance. Um, Because one of the things that made the show such a a kind of standout was that he performed it like over 500 times. Mm -hmm. And it's clear, um, and there's there's a heavy audience participation element in it. So each show is unique based on who he calls seemingly at random, even though it's very clear that he has all the details. Um, But what ends up happening is uh, Frank Oz clearly recorded tons of shows Right. Because he'll edit together at certain points, like when there is a moment of audience participation, he'll show multiple, you know, like different audience members from different nights. Right. So you get a sense of the scope and how how often. And that's a detail that you wouldn't have gotten if you were there in the room. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, and that tries to make up for some of the gap, like, you know, the sense that this show went on for so long and impacted so many people. And it, that alone draws you in. Right. Um, but I do think something is lost. Like if I were in the room, cause you see people in the audience, like crying, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I also got emotional at certain points, but I, I, I think that maybe the gap I would be, I would be interested to see if, if the storytelling elements fell apart afterwards for people who also, who like saw it live. Right. Um, yeah. And that, that's, that, that's kind of, I think that's more where, where my, where my head is at, Tori. Um, and it, it's interesting with the, the, the points where they showed multiple people coming on stage and like, you know, multiple people, perf- uh, participating over multiple nights. Um, it's weird because that, that, that editing is, makes it so artificial that it feels like it kind of took me out of like the, the intensity of this specific show that we're watching. Um, yeah. So that, that ended up feeling like, oh, I'm suddenly reminded very much that I'm watching a, you know, a filmed piece rather than, you know, being here in the moment with this one show. Uh, but it also set up, you know, that just as an example, um, you know, thing, there, there are a couple moments where, uh, the, there's an intense, intense emotional reaction from the people watching uh, in in the room, and it if you were there just one night, you would think, "Oh, this has to be a plant, or this has to be you know something because because the the specificity with which you know things happen, you'd be like, "That's crazy. There's no way that he could do this. That's clearly you know someone he paid fifty bucks to right. or whatever. yeah, um, but the effect of showing that it happened night after night after night suggests that, like, you know, if it's a plant, he had to bring in a new plant every night. And yeah. if it's not, then he's pulling off some other... Nights. Yeah, then, and yeah, then if not, he's pulling off some other trick, and I don't know exactly how he's doing it. And yeah. that's crazy. Um, so I think, like, it's interesting how the show, like, tries to balance those, like, the the thing that the filmed version can do really well that you wouldn't get in the room is exactly those details. Right. Right. And so, you know, they are two different experiences. Right. I did enjoy the filmed one, but (laughs) I did too. And there there was one other thing that I was, um, intrigued by, which I I don't, 
I don't remember the name of the documentary, so I'm kind of blanking on it now. But there was a uh, Netflix did a documentary a while ago. I think it was Netflix uh, about Tony Robbins. Um, oh. But it was but it was like it was done clearly with his consent because it's like <laughs> it's kind of an infomercial for Tony Robbins. A bit more of a puff um, piece. Yeah, but but the the thing that struck me about it was that I remember watching, seeing kind of like the emotional catharsis that people at a Tony Robbins conference were experiencing. Like that, that image felt very similar to me to the image of like what some of the people in this audience are experiencing. Right. So again, it felt like, it felt like, I think Tori, you're absolutely right that obviously it's, it's, it's impossible to capture that feeling exactly not being in the room, but, um, I don't know. It, it was just fascinating to me to see this performance, which was still compelling, even filmed. Um, and but like it, it kind of part of it was that it just kind of made me miss this, like, you know, the experience of live performance and live theater. Yeah. And just like the idea of like, oh, right. This is like even if you are a Dustin and you leave it and then you're <laughs> like, wait a minute, uh, you, you, you don't you know, that shared experience and that shared moment is something that we don't have right now. Right. And um, I do think like I, it took me a while to get into the, to get hooked, you know, kind of to get invested in the performance in, in, right. in the movie of mm-hmm. this. Like, and I think it, I, I think that's part of where it kind of occurred to me. Like if I were in the room, I probably would have f- got it, picked right. it up faster Right. As it was, like just watching it cold and, and going in not knowing what was happening, it took a while to build up like, oh, oh, wait, I, I think I see what he's doing. Oh, this is actually really interesting. Right. Like the first five, ten minutes, I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like the Rulatista story. I mean, it was a cool story, but I was like, is this all this is? <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. So, you know, and, and uh, so I think that's part of... The, the storytelling elements, once I got the hang of it, I, I liked what they were doing. Um, the sort of psychology of it, because the whole show is built around the question of, of identity mm-hmm. and not just the idea of, of labels and, and who we think we are, but that uh, our interiority, like our internal lives, the things that people will never know also right. define us. Right. And how to balance those kind of things. And and um, and I think it's explored in a number of ways that are, are pretty interesting. And he starts out kind of talking, using stories from history and then mixing in more and more like personal stories. Right. Um, and then, yeah, there's like card tricks or like different things. And like there's a lot of elements to the show that are the way they on their each one on their own wouldn't be exceptional. It's the way that they're balanced together. Mm hmm. So it's like it's the little pivots he he takes right. from like an audience participation moment into something that's like really emotional into like a cute like a visual trick into a you know um, that you find yourself like the longer it goes and you start under you you kind of learn how how to follow along right it builds on you um, yeah and yeah certainly like once but it's almost like a spell and once it's like a live performance would be. And then once you walk out into the daylight afterwards and that spell is broken, yeah, I'm sure you can, it, it is a little bit easier to poke holes in it or be like, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit sentimental or that's a little, like, I don't know right. if I, you know. Right. Um, that's that. I, I mean, I, 
I thought it was, you know, all of that was rubbish, but at the same time, uh, it stuck <laughs> with me. What do you, um, okay, wait, wait, when you say, when you say it's rubbish, what do you, what, what do you mean? Please elaborate. Isn't it like the Rizzatista story, the, the wolf story, that was pretty dumb, and like, uh, <laughs> I mean. The one about the card, the card playing? Yeah. Okay. Although the card tricks themselves were pretty impressive. Yeah. And then, you know, you could sort of see what was happening with the the other ones. I mean, he's probably got a very, very busy intern. But in yeah. the moment, it's like, holy <laughs> shit, this is yeah. amazing. But then you think about it for like two seconds and like, eh, eh. But I don't know. It's fun to watch and it's fun. Like, did you watch it by yourself, Tori? Yes. Did you want to then watch it with Juan? I wanted, yeah. Or I wanted him to watch it. He'll, I think he'll cry. He's very, Mm. yeah. I I told him, I did, I did immediately tell him about it. I was like, I really think you should watch this. Like it's, it's a. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but I don't like the wolf thing. I thought was because all of the stories I I liked what they were illustrating about the overall theme. I don't Mm -hmm. think. I think maybe the conclusions or maybe there isn't supposed to be a conclusion, but I liked that the show was digging into the idea of identity and, and what we keep hidden or what, you know, what we, what people see, what we don't let them see right. those kind of questions. And so like the wolf story fed into that. Um, yeah. Well, the, the thing that convinced me to see it for some reason was I saw a tweet and somebody said, this guy could be a cult leader. And I wanted to see what, the, and, and yeah. watching it, you hmm. had that exact sense. You're like, yes, yeah. this guy could easily be a huge cult leader. Yeah. Because he's just got this sort of like, this intensity, but that also like, there's a lot of, I don't know, empathy for the guy. Well, but, there's there's something in his performance, and it's, uh, obviously it is, you know, the stage persona that he's honed. Uh, after 500 I, I, performances. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, but like, he... He sounds and looks like he is being so open in a way that that I think I think the reason why it's so cathartic for the audience and even for the the viewer at home, you know, potentially if it affects you that way, is that he whether it's true or not, he appears and sounds like he is being open and vulnerable. And so it kind of forces you to lower your guard. But then it's but then there's a moment toward the end where he turns it around and it's not just that he's opening himself up. It's that he then makes the audience and literally like one by one makes the audience feel seen. Right. Right. Um, And so it's like I'm letting you see me. I now I'm going to turn around and see you. Right. Um, and and but what's funny is like that all of that and like he, during that moment toward the end, they, during one of the performances, it's like Tim Gunn from oh, yeah, Project no. Runway, and oh, he's like in yikes. tears. That's a, that's a side that's a side question I had. Yeah. Uh, but but finish, finish your point. But then I want to come. To but no, I'm like you know. So he he made Tim Gunn cry. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, but I also appreciate the fact that the entire show, as much as it's like leading up to these these sort of epiphanies, it's also leading up to the fact that. It's futile. And I don't mm-hmm. know, like, he can see you, but he's still not seeing all of you. And you can, and he can do this whole show, but you are still not seeing all of him. And so, like, right. it's a really inter. That was, to me, the thing that was so interesting is that the show on the surface seems like it's about, about identity. But it's as much about the ways that, like, 
everything that you will never know about each other right? and can never know. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was weird. It's like, you know, connections matter, but also like those connections aren't very, it will only be so deep. <laughs> like, <Right>. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought that was like, and it's not something that's, it was just like an undercurrent to the whole thing that I think made it a little bit more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you're watching and going, ah, this is, it's like, it's just, it's futile. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, with the, the, the side question that I had, which was, uh, sparked by your mention of Tim Gunn and, uh, and Bill Gates, Dustin, yeah. uh, is the, so also I saw Larry Wilmore also. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was him. Point. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, the <laughs> seeing recognizable faces kind of pulled me out of it for a moment. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, is that Bill Gates? <laughs> and then I was paying attention to that instead of, like, this cathartic moment, moment. that he's building. Yeah. Um, and that was where right. the cutting across multiple nights maybe didn't work yeah. as much. Because um, it, w- it was when, uh, I, and I don't know, I mean, you know, who knows. But, like, seeing, seeing like, normal people feel seen, I was like, oh, cool. Like, th- he's... Like they're having a moment, and then seeing like Bill Gates like smile and nod knowingly, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's Bill Gates. What's happening? And all he picked was I am a leader. Like whatever, <laughs> Bill Gates. We fucking know. Right. Pick something brave like that. Like that. That woman who was like, I am. A, I am a catch, or I am. Uh, yeah. A handful, or whatever. I am a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Like be interesting. <laughs> Seth went to one of the shows and when it was oh. in LA and producer he was Seth? one of the, yes producer Seth and he was one of the people in the end and that he you know guessed and he, did he, he said cry? it was like I don't know he said it was very affecting did he what pick a card you... that say said I am love spackle <laughs> <laughs> what would your card say do you know do you have an idea I mean obviously we don't know what was actually on the cards but like do you have an idea of what you would pick I uh no idea. I didn't no prep idea. this question for you, so I don't know. If you don't have an answer, that's fine. I was trying to look at some of the shots where they show the wall of all the cards that say, like, I am whatever, and then people could pick yeah. them. Because I was trying to read and see what the options were. Because, you mm-hmm. know, some of them are just like, I am, you know, an accountant or whatever. It's like your right. job. I am a teacher. Or I am a, you know, right. a veterinarian. Um, and then other things are more descriptive. Um, right. And so it was an interesting balance. And I don't. Well, I guess would you pick profession or descript- descriptive? I would. I would pick descriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I would probably. I would. I am. I am nonsense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Just, I'm just trying to pick like what word would make you cry and feel like you. Oh, see if somebody me, saw me. Derek. Oh no. <laughs> so he's like, you're nonsense. I'd be like, yeah, I am. I'd give him finger guns. I'd be like, yeah. Uh, but that was the thing. Like some of the people who got like so emotional, like their descriptive word. <laughs> it's like I'm a janitor. Like I, I like. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not so much. That was those were some of the moments where you you almost wanted the audience to be a little bit more because of course they're walking in and the first thing they're encountering is this wall of cards and so like, you know they don't know how important it all is and like what right. it's going to mean. Um, right. But yeah, so you kind of want like, oh, I wish you could have imbued more meaning into your choice in the beginning. Right. <laughs> like... Well, I felt bad for the people who like, who, who he, he said like the people who like felt really like you chose 
honestly, like you stand up. And like the people who like made the joke choices are like, he's like, yeah, you can sit down. It's fine. Yeah. Like I am a ninja. Yeah. But also what if you meant it? Maybe you walk right. really silently. Yeah. Like. Maybe by the time someone sees you in a room, it's too late. You're already dead. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's, you know, you don't know that that's a joke. Mm-hmm. I think that's just insensitive. Yeah. <sighs> it's definitely worth watching. It is worth watching. Um, also, I, I mean, I, I think it's it, like magicians get a bad rap for, you know, reasons. But it's it's uh, the 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 uh, magic and like sleight of hand aspect of it is very impressive. Like yeah. So even even just for that, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Well, those card tricks were pretty fucking fantastic. They were. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even like card tricks, but that was wow. Well, because I just, I want someone telling me a story while they're doing it. Like, right. I like right. that it yeah. was sort of was happening on the side and, and like, that was the point. Like, he's just doing this stuff with his hands while he's talking to you and like, you know. But that's how he distracts you from his Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it all makes sense. Like, he's doing exactly what he's telling you he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And it was still interesting. So, I enjoyed uh, it. Yeah. Speaking of shows that do exactly what they tell you they're going to do, but are still interesting. <laughs> All right. Yeah. WandaVision. <laughs> Magic. Magic. Um, yeah, so WandaVision this week was the one that Dustin's been waiting for, where like it, yeah. it explains what's happening in very mm-hmm. clear it terms. It was great. And it's in widescreen, so you're welcome, Dustin. Yeah. Did Thank you me. enjoy I it more, I appreciated Dustin? having that spoon fed to me. I really did. You did. Well, yeah, to an extent. And then we didn't, didn't spoon feed everything. No. We still don't exactly know what's happening, but and that's sort of fun to try to guess. So just for the just to briefly recap, um this episode kind of was mostly outside of the uh outside of the the town. The television shows. Uh, the television and the television show. Uh and you kind of catch up to everything that's been happening up to this point. So we meet uh we meet uh Monica Rambo, who like we catch up to her actually after she returns from the snap, which has mm-hmm. now been called the blip. Uh, <laughs> was that was that term used before, or is this the first time? I if it was used before, I do not re- recall. I feel it's like a, we would remember. So terrible. Yeah. yeah. So so it is now called when when everyone was unsnapped. Yeah. It is now the blip. And that's actually something that the MCU hasn't really explored yet. Like you, right. between the two Avengers movies, you kind of get, you know, you see that the snap happens and then you pick up with the Avengers years later, you know, trying to fix it. But right. what happened to the everyday people who, who disappeared and then suddenly came back? Right. Um, and I did appreciate that, that they were at least, you know, even though it's, it's brief within the, the course of this episode, that they show like, oh, no, of course it would be chaotic and insane. Right. Um, that, like, all these people are suddenly back and the people who, you know, who had tried to move on now have to deal with, you know. Because they come back happened. exactly in the position they were in when they disappeared, but, like, five right. years has passed. Right. So it's right. like Monica Rambeau sitting in a you know, a chair in a hospital room where her mother is just gotten out of cancer treatment right. and is supposed to be going home. And then five right. years later, her mother is no longer in that bed because her mother is dead. Right. And so, you know, it's like, and the hospital is chaotic because everyone that was snapped from the hospital has just shown up while right. it's still a working hospital. Like right. it was an interesting little glimpse at like how that actually would have played out. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, we find out that Monica, Monica's mother founded S.W.O.R.D., which mm-hmm. is the sentient world, no, sentient weapon observation, something, something, uh, research. It's S.H.I.E.L.D., but for space. <laughs> it's Space S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, it's supposed to be Space S.H.I.E.L.D., except it's not, because now it's just weapon, but it was Space S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Um, and then, so it's kind of the way Peggy Carter founded S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria Rambo from the Captain Marvel movie uh, founded S.W.O.R.D., so Monica was supposed to sort of take over, but she disappeared. So some dude took her place and mm-hmm. she's not allowed off world yet. So her first mission is to help out the FBI with a strange case. And of course, the FBI agent that has been asking for help <laughs> is Agent Jimmy Woo. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get Jimmy Randall. Woo. Oh, my God. He's my favorite. So we get Jimmy Woo back. We get Randall Park and he's he's right. learned the card trick from the Ant-Man movies. And it's all oh, adorable. That, was, that, that <laughs> was actually a really nice callback. Just like a I cute enjoyed. little touch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, and basically he has discovered a town called Westview that mm-hmm. uh, the cops around there don't recognize that it exists, even though the sign is right there. They're like this. You know, we don't know that we're from Eastview. There's no town. Um, and there's like a barrier and they can't get a hold of anyone who's, who's inside. It's kind of like a missing person's case, except it's the whole town that's missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's been asking for a drone. So they fly the drone in and it goes through the barrier and disappears. And so one of the, the helicopter that a couple episodes back, uh, Wanda found in the bushes that was actually like in color yeah. was yeah. a shield, was a sword drone. So they're kind of basically this episode is catching you up on all those weird details that happened in the previous episodes. It's like go back in time and show how that all what all that meant. Yeah. Anything weird that happened within the WandaVision shows um, was. Yeah. It's like it's like, oh, is this from sword or it was that or the beekeeper guy was a guy who they tried to get in through the sewer. But turns out, you know, there was the shield, the 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 barrier existed you know stretched into the ground right obviously like as everyone knew it would and then darcy from the thor movies is one of the people who gets called because they basically they build once they realize how because monica then decides to push on the the barrier and she gets sucked in so at that point they're like oh no and they set up a big like response unit outside oh no um and it's Darcy. Oh, so we also learned, yeah, and we also learned that Darcy was the one who was who's been watching on TV, right? Um, so Darcy, or yeah. she was the first one at least, yeah. right? So you see her kind of figure out that the radiation could be a broadcast signal and tune a TV to it, and then that was like, so it was her hand closing a journal in mm-hmm. one of the episodes, and she's the one that sets up the radio thing so that Jimmy can try and talk to Wanda through the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of those details kind of get explained, but the big thing at the end is. <laughs> They show what happened to Monica, um, who at that point, again, as far as we knew, she was Geraldine. Right. Because um, she, after the birth of the twins, she says, she she mentions Ultron, that Ultron right. killed Pietro to Wanda. And then it's just like she disappears. She's not there. Um, and so we actually see what Wanda does, which is Wanda calls her a stranger and, you know, uses her hand magic and blasts her through the house, across a field and back out the barrier, just mm-hmm. ejects her. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's how she got free. Um, and we also see the FBI or the, the, whatever, the response unit sword and everybody else, um, they're researching now that they have the TVs tuned into the town. 
they're trying to identify who everyone, all the other actors, actors, right. the performers in the show are. So right. they're going through and re- identifying, okay, Herb is this guy who lives in town. Because this, this is how they're figuring out the missing persons. So right. there's a whole board that they're setting up of the identities of everyone who's also co-starring in WandaVision. Right. Um, and so one of the big hints is the people that they haven't identified yet. And one of the big ones is Agnes, who's Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. You don't see her on the board yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Which suggests that she is she is a character that will have more significance. More significance. You know, I, 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 based, she may not have been in the town originally, so it's harder to place her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the big hint is they think that to whatever extent Wanda is controlling this situation... She certainly has enough control to eject people right. and to alter it herself, um, whether that means, but yeah, how much of it is conscious or, or what other elements are at play, we still don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what it reminded me of, and I might, I, I might be getting the details of this episode wrong, it was a Doctor Who episode with a watch where I think he created sort of a, 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 an alternate reality for himself to, um, so that he could deal with uh, his trauma or something. And that he didn't realize he was an alternate reality until the watch snapped him out of it. The is that David Tennant, the one with uh, Jessica um, from Spaced? Is it he's like back in time and he's like a teacher or something? Yes, he was. Yeah, he's a teacher. So the watch was, and it's a Martha Jones episode, right? She's the. I think so. Okay, so this. Sort of. Um, I think that was one where he needed to, because basically it makes him no longer a Time Lord or no longer discernibly a Time Lord. Um, and so, like, his Time Lord identity and memories are trapped in the watch, and he's supposed to be, like, hi- basically hiding out. It's supposed to, like, keep him a secret. Um, was he hiding from trauma? I don't think it was tra- I don't think it no. was trauma. I think it was, like, bad guys. I don't remember. Oh, oh. I, um, I just conflated the two. Yeah, probably. I mean, there's always, there's always, well, because the traumatic thing is that he starts actually falling in love and then Martha has to like snap him out of it because he's the doctor and he needs to like save the day and he doesn't, <laughs> and he doesn't realize that he's, you know, the doctor. So, um, well, I feel like this city is the watch. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's trying not to recognize, uh, what's mm-hmm. happening externally. And that's the other moment is she has, a. Uh, when Vision comes back inside at the end of the episode. Um, oh, man. Yeah, she sees him as he looked when he died. Right, so it's clear right. that, like, part of this is sh- her, whatever, like, hearing about Ultron or being reminded of the events outside of Westview. Um, you know, it's it's starting to trickle into her awareness, and she's trying right. to avoid it. But then she turns around and basically tells Vision, like, he's like, we can go somewhere else. And she's like, no, we can't, because mm-hmm. he's... Right, because part, part of this is definitely her trying to ignore the the trauma of the fact that he's probably dead. Right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's totally dead. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like, once now that we know the timeline of it, because we've been outside and we see that this is, like, a couple of weeks after the the blip or the unsnapping or whatever you want to call it, you know, it makes sense. She has not processed her trauma. Right. right. <laughs> You're right. Like she's, she's got some baggage and she's, she's mm-hmm. working through it. She's, she's in denial. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, now that we have that groundwork laid, um, and I don't, you know, so we, we, it was three episodes and then the fourth one kind of is the big reveal. And then we've still got the rest of the season. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, are you more interested in the show now or do you wish these details came earlier? Oh, I'm, I'm very interested in the show now. Yeah. <laughs> I know I didn't, I didn't care about it that much before, but now I'm super invested. <laughs> I'm just happy that Randall Park is there. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And I love the uh, the addition of Monica Rambo. I'm kind of weirdly in between, where like I I liked the I like the I don't know I like the 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 fact that we get to see what's happening in the outside world, but the recap of it all I was like all right we got all this right like we we knew all of this didn't we Yeah we kind of did um, It was seeing it in order I guess I don't know. Yeah, but I mean Randall Park uh, as Jimmy Woo is always welcome. Um, although I, I, I that also reminds me of a question: Why do we love Randall Park? Oh, he's I, I mean in general, like like what? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, like as a what performer? is it? Yeah, what is it about? Because I, I mean, I, I enjoy his work. Um, I actually remember seeing him. Uh, this is way back before he became like you know a, a successful a more successful working actor, but like there's a thing in LA called channel One Hundred and One, which is like a long running, um, kind of like indie, it's kind of like an independent TV film festival. Um, but it's a, like the, as an example, this is how far it was started by Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub, like way oh, back, yeah, I know like, you're talking. like yeah. early two thousands. But like, like as an example, Lonely Island did stuff for them at the beginning before they <laughs> went on SNL. So this is how long it's been going. But Randall Park has done a ton of stuff on, um, you know, back when he was just like a young actor, you know, coming up. So like he and his friends would do little shows for them and, and sketches and they were amazing. And I remember watching him be like, oh, who's this guy? He's cool. And like he's and he's Asian and they're like no Asian actors. And then, you know, they became Randall Park. But um, I don't know. I'm just curious to ask what what it, because he I guess it's like for me, he has kind of like a very everyman quality that's good about him. Like he's not. He doesn't disappear into the role like you always know it's Randall Park. Right. But, um, but I don't know. He he has that kind of like casual, like affable, uh, normal guy. Unassumingly charming. Yeah. Like there is mm. a charm to him, but there it's not like it's not like movie star charm. It's just yeah. It's right. just like every day. Like he's just very part of it too is like because that that sense that you're saying like he doesn't disappear into the role it's mm. also if you ever watch him on like drunk history or something like when he's just himself right it's that same charm yeah like he just is i i don't know like it's really hard to pin down but it's like i just enjoy watching him like he just mm. his choices in the way that the humor is delivered even when it's not required even when it's just right. him having to deadpan a line right he does it in a way that's not too serious but it's like, because what was the one line where they're like, you know, don't, don't, aren't you needed back at Quantico or something like that? And he's like, oh no, like the baseball, the softball season's over or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and it's, and it's like a deadpan line, but he's, it's a sincerity in the way right. he delivers it, where it's not that he's dull. It's not that he's mm -hmm. boring. It's that mm -hmm. he just, he's honestly answering the question and he's like, he's just so genuine. Yeah. That it makes it funny, and I think that that's, I, I don't know, I really enjoy that about his performance. 
So no, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I get that. Dustin, please tell us why you love Randall Park. <laughs> I, I really liked him in Fresh Out the Boat. And right. uh, Danny Chong and Veep. Oh, um, yeah. Also in Veep. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Also, He's his musical perf- his music performances in the Ali Wong movie. That's true. Very charming. Uh, Always be my maybe. Yes, that's it. I was and, forgetting uh, it. Which he co-wrote. They co-wrote, right? Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the song I punched Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Should have been should have been nominated for a whatever Oscar some uh, MTV Emmy, movie award something. something. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been. That's actually a huge oversight. Yeah. He's got a Hanksian quality about him. Hanksian. So he's the he's the Asian Tom Hanks. Well, I wouldn't say that. You can say that, but I just say he's <laughs> Hanksian. I can say that. I can say that. Is it him or is it Stephen Yun? Or do we have do we just have two Tom Hankses? Two no, Tom no, Stephen Yun's not Tom Hanks. He's like uh, uh, he's like a heartthrobby kind of guy. Stephen Young's hot. So Randall Park is like awesome dad. I think, okay, mm. let's go back. I think Randall Park is more like Tom Hanks when he was still doing television work. Mm-hmm. And maybe sure. Stephen Young is more like Tom Hanks once he started doing prestige movies. What? Uh, okay. I don't, I don't see Tom Hanks and Stephen Young at all. I see, I don't know, I, I you know. Like you're saying that you dead. think Stephen Young is too hot to be compared to Tom Hanks. Yeah. You're saying you He's don't like, think Tom that's, Hanks that's, is hot. You know what? I'm I'm gonna allow it. I accept I accept that logic. Wait, what? My uh, thing went out. What was that? I don't think Tom Hanks is hot. No, I don't think Tom Hanks is hot. Wow. I'm going to allow it because uh, <laughs> it's it's pro Stephen Young propaganda, and we're all for that here. I will say Wait. I don't think that uh, Stephen Young could have pulled off Mr. Rogers as well as Randall Park would have pulled off Mr. Rogers. Exactly. Thank you. Oh, that's true. I get that. that. Totally proves my point. <laughs> well, look. Although uh, I wouldn't buy Randall Park in one of those war movies that Tom Hanks has done. Or like, the, what, wasn't he on like a boat movie recently? Like a Captain World, Phillips? Oh, man, that was, World yeah, War II bad. boat movie? Yeah. But I wouldn't buy Stephen Young in, the, in those roles either. I would. More. I'd be really? more likely to. Mm. Maybe, but uh, yeah, yeah. Randall Park has a dad quality. Stephen Young has like a boyfriend quality. That's (laughs) (laughs) my boyfriend. (laughs) Oh my god, Dustin! (laughs) This feels like a good place to end. Yeah, I think Uh, think we're done. Uh, punting on the game yet again, but you know, one day we'll get to it. Arguably, we um, played the game for this entire podcast. We did probably play the game. For we the did play the podcast. Super Bowl game. We did play the Super Bowl game. That's true. Uh, I won. Uh, that Tori won the game. Um, Tori, do you have anything to rant and or plug since you won the game? I don't understand football. Um, All right. So that's my rant. Who do you think would will win uh, the big game? Uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, don't, 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 and, don't tell him. Yeah, don't tell me because I would be like, I don't know because I literally don't know who's playing. All right. So do you, you think? Do you think uh, it should be? Do you, do you think Tom Brady will win or lose because he's involved? He's involved, but he doesn't play for the the Patriots, right? Correct. Yes. 
He plays for Miami? You got the state right. Tampa Close, Bay. yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, um, I don't... Th- I don't think Tom Brady will win. Okay. I don't like him. I don't either. I don't like him. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Not I don't know what he... He probably will. I mean, is if he, he wins, th- it's like... He throws it's things, like Trump right? winning in football. He does throw things. He is a throwy boy. He's a boy. throwy boy. <laughs> yes. Uh, to put it into Tory terms. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a fan. No. No. Well, uh, <laughs> next episode, we will we'll find have out. answers to that and so much more uh, other television. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, that's the show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, have a good night. Good night, good everybody. Night. <laughs>